You're listening to Paws, Claws and Wet Noses, the vet podcast celebrating all creatures, great and small, and the fantabulous professionals who look after them all. Paws, Claws, Wet Noses is powered by Vet Staff, New Zealand's only 100% owned and operated recruitment agency dedicated to the veterinary sector. Welcome to episode 92. I'm your show host, Julie South. Last week, we looked at the differences between leadership and management and the five traits that effective leaders share. In today's world, in what I sometimes refer to as the ER world, the ER world, where everything has to be bigger, brighter, longer, shorter, slower, faster, slicker, less slicker, harder, more er, 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 than everything or everyone else. It's easy to get caught up in the trap that if you're not a leader er, or a manager, then that's what you need to be aspiring to or that somehow you've failed and or if you've got no ambitions to be either a leader or a manager, then there's something wrong with you. I want to dispel that myth straight away because it's so very untrue, especially in a world where influencers are creating a very false sense of realness. Today, we're going to look at what's so great, so amazing to be a follower and what it takes to be a great team player. The world needs more team players. The world especially needs great team players. And here's why. Being a great team player is critical to the success of a team. It's no good being a great leader or a great manager if you've got no one on your team to lead or manage. Every team, regardless of its size, needs people on it who are prepared to roll at their sleeves, work to their strengths, ideally, and be a team player who gets the job done. So what does it take to be a great team player? The most effective teams only work because there are different skill sets all working together towards the same goal, the same objective. They consist of people who are respectful of those who are different to them, and not just because someone has different strengths. Remember, you don't spell team, T-E-A-M, with an I in it, but with team, or and with team, together everyone achieves more. People who are able to work together, each with different strengths in new ways and at greater speeds, are true working examples of synergy. And synergy is where the sum of the whole is greater than the individual sum of the parts. Teamwork doesn't just happen. It takes effort and it's, it's a bit like a marriage, I guess, a relationship. It's everyone's responsibility. And talking of responsibility, here at Vet Staff, everyone and everything we do is underpinned by our team's two core beliefs. 
Firstly, we believe that all veterinary professionals deserve to work in a clinic of their dreams, where they're respected and valued, so that they can look forward to Monday mornings again. And second, we believe that vet clinic employers of choice deserve to attract and have highly motivated, proactive, enthusiastic and engaged veterinary professionals working for them. Vets and vet nurses who are excited about turning up for work on Monday mornings. If this sounds like the type of additional team members you'd like to have on your team, either to help you find your next dream job or to help you find your next dream team member, then please get in touch with us at vetstaff.co.nz. Here are seven essential characteristics of great team players and why they're important. The first one is that the team players understand their role. Vet clinics that have above average or even superior business results tend to be very clear about the specific expectations related to each person's role in the clinic. The expectations these clinics have for their vets and nurses, and nurses that's a new that's a new job versus have you heard of that that vets and nurses isn't usually something their team leaders leave to chance. Last week I mentioned that great team leaders want everyone on their team to win. That great team leaders are good at lifting people up. This is what I mean about not leaving things to chance. The flip side is that great team players know the important role they play in the process or in the success of the team, regardless of how senior, junior, experienced or new grad each person is. Being a great team member, a great team player, means that you understand your unique role and because you know where you fit, can and are prepared to contribute your unique strength to help the team win. The second attribute of a great team player is that of embracing collaboration. Being a great team player also means that you know you'll be called upon to contribute when it comes to making important decisions and contributing to new ideas. The pandemic threw the whole world on its head. Everything has changed from just two years ago. Clinics that are still trying to work in the old normal rather than today's normal won't be as successful as those that embrace change. And one aspect of embracing change is recognizing the important role that everyone plays. Collaboration is critical to success. Multi-clinic practices that continue to work as standalone silo business entities won't be as successful as those where the entire team, across many clinics, get together regularly to communicate and collaborate with the other team members. Collaboration requires effort. Like I mentioned last week, and if you haven't listened to episode 91, I'll put a link to that at this week's episode as well. You can check it out at pawsclawswetnoses.fm. Like I mentioned last week, when it's sometimes very often easier to do something yourself rather than delegate, so it's also easier to work as a standalone team than collaborate and a standalone silo than collaborate with other teams as part of your, your larger group. 
collaboration can be as simple, and it doesn't just have to be, you know, big teams, big clinics. Collaboration can be as simple as out the front team knows what's going on without the back team and vice versa. That that accounts know what's going on at reception, that knows what's going on in consulting, that knows what's going on in surgery. So collaboration is important. The third attribute is that individual team members hold themselves accountable. So if you're a great team player, you will recognize personal responsibility and hold yourself accountable. Each team is only as strong, as dynamic, as powerful as their weakest link. Every individual on the team, regardless and because of their unique strengths and skill sets, has an enormous effect on a team's dynamic and its performance. Every single person on a team, including you, is ultimately responsible for deciding whether the team will be dysfunctional functional and or high performing. If you've ever worked on a team where everyone isn't working together or you've got some pulling in different ways, if you're not working towards the same end goal, you'll know what I mean. Attribute number four, team players are committed to their team. A good team player is in their own way competent and committed If a team is missing this fundamental attribute, it's only going to be as competent as its most incompetent team member. It's only going to be as strong as its least strong and committed as its least committed team member. This means also that it's everyone's responsibility to hold everyone else accountable. It can't just be Responsibility can't just be the, the, the sole function or, or left up to team leaders and team managers. Turning a blind eye to someone else's lack of commitment doesn't do the team any favours. Great leaders will make the tough decisions and have the hard conversations to address any weaknesses. And at the same time, it's also up to each individual team member to hold everyone else accountable, which comes with trust. A great team is only as high performing as the sloppiest action it's prepared to accept. Number five, great team players are flexible. Sometimes, as you know, things just don't go according to plan. As vets and nurses, you know that a regular bitch spay, for example, can turn into a nightmare surgery if the patient's blood pressure crashes or something else that wasn't planned happens. And when that happens, you need the flexibility to be able to go to emergency plan B. From time to time, not everything works out the way it's meant to. The pandemic is a prime example of that. People get sick and can't turn up for work. People at home get sick and people in at work and clinic need to go home to look after them. This means that the rest of the team needs to be adaptable and flexible. And that's what makes a great team. And talking of the pandemic, it's resulted in everyone feeling the pressure. With pressure, sometimes come frayed tempers and conflict situations where they never used to be. 
when everyone's working towards the same goal and all team members are stepping up and stepping in, a team gets stronger. Conflict happens. If you're one of those amazing people whose secret power is resolution or conflict management and use those skills when the going gets tough, team magic happens. Being a great team player means that you'll actively seek out and include others in making key decisions and solving problems creatively. Great team players understand that having diversity of opinions leads to optimal solutions and everyone on their team is important and has something special to contribute. Number six, great team players are optimistic and future focused. Great team players approach their work strategically and anticipate the actions they personally can take, their unique strengths, their superpowers, that they'll add value to the clinic's overall success. They'll be optimistic about this. Great teams consist of players who are innovative, entrepreneurial and enterprising. Team players who are enabled and encouraged to bring their innovation, entrepreneurial and enterprising skills to the team table. Think about how their and others' roles might look into the future, how everyone's jobs and functions might and could change, and what their clinics, patients and clients might need down the line. You need somebody who's, you need a team full of cup half full overflowing let's fill it up number seven last one great team players can be relied upon and trusted when everyone intrinsically knows that they're an important and valued member of the team and when trust is present then great team players can be relied upon and trusted to do what they said they were going to do Great team players support and encourage each other, especially when new skills are being learnt. To thine own self be true. Great team players recognise that everyone, 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 brings their own skills, stories, strengths and weaknesses to the team and because of that, the team is stronger. Not everyone has the superpower strength of recognizing what other people's strengths are, so it helps if you know what yours personally are. It also helps and makes you a great team player knowing what your blind spots are, where your weaknesses lay. How do you understand and assess strength and development areas appropriately about yourself and those on your clinic? work team how do you get how is everybody to thine own self true when it comes to strengths and weaknesses if you were at one of dr francesca brown's business sessions at the recent new zealand vet association conference you'll have heard her talk about johari windows back in 1955 psychologists joseph lutt and harry ingham developed a model to address this issue assessing strength and development areas or strengths and weaknesses which is known as a Johari window it's spelt 
J-O-H-A-R-I, and it's derived using the first two letters of the names of both psychologists, so Johari Window. And so what is a Johari window? Well, imagine a four-quadrant window that's two frames wide by two frames high. The x-axis is about the self, so it's either known or unknown. And the y-axis is known to others, and it's either known or not. Therefore, the top left would be the top left quadrant, quadrant number one, would be known to self and known to others. It's a fully open quadrant and is known, interestingly enough, as the open quadrant. The bottom right is the complete opposite of that and is the unknown quadrant, unknown area, unknown to self and unknown to others. So that's the unknown quadrant. The known quadrant, top left, unknown quadrant, bottom right. If you'd like to visually see what I'm talking about, then please visit pausecausewetnoses.fm episode 92 and the graphic is there. In the window left to right on the top, we have known to self and known to others. So think of this as being everything you post on your social media pages. It's out there for the whole world to see. And as I said, it's the open and known quadrant. Top right, so next to that, is the blind area. So those are the things that are known to others but are not known to yourself. And you could think of this as being a bit like you've got a stain on the back of your shirt or the hem is down on the back of your skirt. Or you've got a ladder in your pantyhose you know nothing about but which is there for everyone to see. This is known as the blind quadrant or it's your blind spot. Bottom left is the hidden area where we have things known to ourselves but not known to others. This could be a secret that you've got, perhaps a tattoo or a body piercing that no one but you knows about. It's known as the hidden or perhaps in some cases the facade quadrant. And then in the bottom right is the unknown area, not known to you, not known to others. This is one of those examples where you don't know what you don't know. Maybe you don't know you're scared of heights, for example, because you've never been put in a situation to find out. So that's the unknown. None of these quadrants are static in size. They're not fixed. And the more information that's shared between each quadrant, bigger the one on the top left grows because that's where everyone else knows whatever there is to know about you. The common condition for information to be shared between quadrants is trust, mutual and respect and concern. If you haven't got those three conditions, then it's unlikely that you'll share what you don't, obviously what you don't know, don't want people, you won't share your secrets when you know what the top quadrant, the open and free area of your fellow team members, then mutual cooperation is likely to be increased and enhanced. Great team players encourage sharing and learning about others on their team. Some do this naturally. It's just what they are, who they are. It's their super strength. Others have to work at it. The last quadrant or the unknown area is where there are opportunities or there's latent talent or potential. 
A team member may have certain capabilities which mightn't have been explored yet. Maybe this is because the opportunity just hasn't presented itself to shine a light on that team member's superpower. It might even be through lack of confidence or perhaps even through lack of training. An example for it could be where perhaps someone, a vet or a nurse, ended up talking to a super stressed and super combative client. Normally they wouldn't be out the front, but on this one occasion, divine intervention all happened and they were there and it was discovered that their superpower is conciliation and or negotiation or perhaps arbitration. Until this team member was thrust into that situation, their light was being hidden under a bushel, but now it's not. Righty, so now that you've heard about this thing called a Jahari window, what can you do with it and what does that have to do with teams? How can you use it on your team? What you do is you ask each person on your team to select what they think are the top six adjectives they'd use to describe themselves from a set list. I won't read them out here because there are squillions of them. Well, not squillions, but there's close to 60. And you can find out what they are by visiting pauseclawswetnoses.fm, episode 92. So you ask each team member what their own what they would identify as their top six adjectives. And then you ask team members to do the same, to choose six adjectives for everybody else on their team. Tune in next week and I'll share what my Johari window looks like according to the vet staff team. So I'll identify my six, what I think my six adjectives are, and then I'll ask the team to tell me what they think my adjectives are and we'll see what that looks like obviously this is a very simplified 101 version of how to identify strengths and blind spots of individual team members but it's a useful tool to have in your team strengths toolkit so that you've got a few to use another tool that's worthwhile when you know what you how to work as a top performing team is and being a great team member is knowing what everybody's language of appreciation at work is. A great team member will go out of their way to make sure they acknowledge appreciation on their team or of their team members in a language that that team member understands and recognizes as being meaningful to them. For more information on this, visit vetstaff.co.nz, go to the job seekers and then scroll down and language of appreciation at work is what you want. It's a quiz there, it's free, I've loaded it up for anyone to use and it's 100% anonymous and 100% confidential to every person who completes it. Visit vetstaff.co.nz because there are a couple of tools there that you can use to, to strengthen your own teams in clinic. Righty, having said all of that, here's a quick summary of the seven attributes of great team players. You understand your role. You embrace collaboration. You hold yourself accountable. You're committed to your team and you are flexible. You are optimistic and future-focused. And you can be relied upon and trusted to do what you said you were going to do. 
To find out what the objectives relating to the Johari window are, visit pauseclawswetnoses.fm, episode 92. To find out your team's language of appreciation at work, visit vetstuff.co.nz, jobseekers, language of appreciation at work. In today's world of social media and influencers, it's easy to fall into the comparison trap because that's just what, and it does your head in. Whether it's at work, at home or somewhere else, we compare ourselves with others and when we do that, really, it's nothing short of insanity and futility. Therefore, I just want to throw something else out there. Instead of comparing yourself to others, here are five things. This is an adaptation I've made on what I saw on LinkedIn. Here are five things you can do every day as a measuring and comparison tool for you personally. Here's what you can check. Check in and compare the amount of time you've dedicated to spending with those you love today versus yesterday. How much time you spent doing something that lights you up today compared to yesterday. How much sleep, laughter and good food you added to your day, your life today versus yesterday. And how much time you spent today versus yesterday of just stopping to enjoy exactly where you are right now in your life. And the fifth comparison tool, how many things you're grateful for today versus yesterday. This is Julie South signing off and the hope you've found today's podcast helpful. Talking of attitude of gratitude, I'm always grateful to hear from listeners. So please let me know what you think. Thank you. Here's to inviting you to go out there and be the most fantabulous version of you you can be. Thank you for spending the last half an hour or so of your life with me. I do appreciate it, seriously. Kia kaha, kakiti anu, God bless. And Wet Noses is sponsored by Vet Staff. If you've never heard of Vet Staff, it's New Zealand's only full-service recruitment agency 100% dedicated to the veterinary sector. Vet staff has been around since 2015 and works nationwide, from Cape Reinga to the Bluff and everywhere in between. As well as helping Kiwis, vet staff also helps overseas qualified veterinarians find work in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Vetstaff.co.nz